What's up, everybody? This is Dante. This is another episode of Off the Mass Podcast. On this episode, my guest would be Zach. He operates Student BJJ on Instagram and the website as well, studentbjj.com. Also, we discuss on this episode his upcoming project, Champions Keep Score. It's an upcoming app that uh, you know we're all really excited about. But I want to do the intro here because... We just jump into the podcast, start talking. At no point do I do an introduction, so I do apologize for that. And I just want to let you all know who our guest was for this episode. Thank you. Welcome to the show. And also, I haven't really been doing intros. I've been trying to do intros. Like, I do intros, like, 10 minutes into the show. Like, oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> like, I have a guess, in case you guys didn't notice. Um, but, but yeah, but you're back to training. What's going on? Like, how how is that? Man, it was, uh, it was rough the first. I've been about a month now, um, pretty close to it, back on the mats. Day one, man, I, like cardio tab to a white belt like it was so bad um not a shot at the white belt because they're an absolute specimen but i had like zero zero ability um the uh the first you know walking into the room was was amazing you know just the the smell of the gym you know the mats and everything that everyone's getting in there warm up and like we started warming up and i'd always skipped warm-ups before the pandemic uh, and I was like, you know what? I need to take care of myself. I'm going to start, you know, warming up before the workout started warming up. And it was like one lap into the, like the jogs or whatever. And I was like, this is going to be really, really bad. And by the end of the class, um, you know, we started doing the rolls that, that first grip, you know, I was like, okay, I remember this. I'm going to get a grip. And like, I grabbed his lapel and then just blanked, like could not remember what my like strategies were. And it was this moment where I like, man, I've really lost so much and it sucked, but I was like, okay, my goal here is, is just survive. Um, I don't really care if this guy taps me out. Like, I don't care. Like, this is my, this is what I love to do. And this is my first step after physical therapy, you know, it was like that moment. And man, he just like, just, he, he didn't tap me. I did, I did cardio tap. I, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, I survived and I think I rolled maybe twice that night. And since then, you know, like a month later, I'm only just now, like today was the day that I felt, okay, I'm not where I was, but I'm at least, I've, I've earned the rank that I am. You know, I, I felt good. I felt the movement coming back. I felt uh, the energy, you know, I had the, the option to roll, you know, fourth or fifth time if I wanted to, you know, I had enough gas for it. And, um, it's been it's been a hard month to get back here, but it's it's you know here I am. That's good. It's just good to hear though that, like you said, your rank, like you you know, like you earned it, you deserve it. So coming back, and the things are coming back to you quicker than it would be coming back for you know a white belt or even a blue belt like myself. Um, when I got back out there, I've been. For the past month now, kind of on more of a consistent, uh, 
what, what, four days a week now, I think, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So, so four and a half, four and a half. Because <clears throat> Sunday is kind of a, I, I have friends that I, uh, I, I don't even want to say I coach them, but I don't know what it is. They, I got two friends that come in on Sundays and I show them basics. And yeah. now I'm just showing them what we've been going over during the week to help me reinforce what yeah, exactly. we've learned. Um, but prior to that, I was going in maybe twice a week at best. If I, if I was lucky, I was getting in twice a week and my time in was just nowhere near where it needed to be. Like, but yeah, same thing. I would grab the lapels and it just freeze. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, especially standing, it's just, I'll grab the lapels and I'm thinking, what do I do? Just pull guard. Just just get to the ground. <laughs> and maybe you'll figure it out from there. I'll pull guard. Get to the ground. And, and not only that, though, I'll pull guard. And it wasn't even like a good guard pull. It Like you just hear a thud. Yeah, like, just get oh. down. It's like, I think he just – did he just die? <laughs> I think he was trying to pull a guard, but he really hit the ground hard. He might knock the wind out of himself, which did happen once. But same thing. It was just trying to get that – the sense of what am I doing? Like, where do I go from here? I got this grip. Okay. Um, and honestly, right in the beginning of coming back, I went through a small window of as much as I love jujitsu. I was like, I don't know if this is me anymore. Like, yeah, I love it. You know, being on BJJ wiki on Instagram all the time, I still love it, but doing it was weird. Like, this doesn't feel right. But once I got in, once I started getting in three days, four days, th- th- like I, I was in love again. Yeah. I, was I hear you taking notes, just getting home, watching jujitsu, just thinking about jujitsu. Everything I did at work was jujitsu. And now, now I feel like, okay, I'm back. And you're at, the, you're at the same gym as you were before. So yes, but we actually have a new owner. Okay. Um, so last January, January of 2020, we moved to a new location. Uh, things were looking good. Attendance was coming up, uh, into February, you know, we had massive like classes, just tons of people. It was almost like we moved to a big, uh, it, it's a bigger space, but it's not a bigger space. It, it's weird. Layout can make a big difference. Uh, yeah. The layout is definitely where we were previously, we had kind of like an office, like office building, like kind of uh, layout. Um, you know, you walk in the doors and then basically, boom, the mats are right there yeah. um, and just kind of go. And that space was fine. But then the trick to it, though, we had a downstairs level as well, though. So our okay. Muay Thai took place downstairs. Jiu-jitsu oh, that's was nice. Yeah. And yeah, I loved it because you can get, we can get so much more uh, accomplished between the two classes. Now where we're at, it's just one level, all one space. It's more mat space, but we don't have the two separate. So, right. So there's interference. Yeah. So, um, but we got to the new location last January and it was feeling good it, for me. Anyone changes tough, but for me, 
I take it like it's the end of the world. It was like, we're changing. No, like, yeah. this can't be. Like, yeah. I started here. I don't want to go there. Um, then COVID happened and things got weird. Uh, yeah. This past December, we get a mass text from our mastery coach. Um, the co- uh, our coach who runs the mastery program actually runs all of the jujitsu uh, program. Um, <clears throat> he sends out a text basically stating that he's going to be the new owner. Um, our previous owner, he's you know just got a lot going on, yeah, and sold it. And it was just you know kind of the right opportunity, the right time, and everything. Nothing's changed, but it, it, it there is kind of a the culture feels a little different. Sure. Um, and again, for me, knowing that when I came into it, you know, trying to get back into the groove of things, part of me not wanting to continue was like, I didn't feel like this was my gym anymore. I was like, maybe I should look for a new gym. And I was like, why would I do that? Even though it's new ownership, I know you know, coach. Yeah, you've been under him before, and yeah, it's it's just something weird about it. And then I was like, why leave and go meet new people and have to like do this all over when the same people are here? It's just like it, it's something in my own head. Um, yeah. But now it's it's business as usual. I'm and so we were initially called Ivy League MMA. Uh, we have a, an affiliate school called Crazy Eighty Eight. And they have a location, two locations besides the one now that we're at. Um, and, you know, we all kind of work together. Yeah. But there was a weird relationship there. Now that, you know. Why does that new, name Crazy 88 sound familiar? Um, Crazy 88. Um, I post it's, about them quite maybe a that's, bit. Maybe that's what it is. Um, like Vanessa Griffin, I post her every Monday. Okay. Um, um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, there's somebody my, out there in Instagram world that that posts out of there that I that I follow and see their stuff, or it may just be something you do. But yeah, it sounds real familiar. I've Go been ahead. seeing some other 88 posts popping up too. I mean, Tim Spriggs um, uh, trains out of there. Tim Spriggs. That's that's yeah. I know so, you're talking about. So um, but now that the new owner kind of put us all together. Okay. It, it's easier to cross train between the gym. So that, that was another comfort because that's, we used to have a Wednesday morning class at our location that no longer exists, but there's a Wednesday morning class at, an, uh, at our Elkridge location, which is I'm 15 minutes from both gyms. I'm like dead in the middle of both gyms. That's so, nice. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until they're like, Hey, head over to Elkridge on a Wednesday morning get in there so i did and i felt awkward because it's a different crew i was just like what like okay this is weird but now i go there i haven't missed a wednesday yet and actually i sat with coach and basically was like part of my goals was you know get my attendance back up being consistent and um he was like basically if i don't see you in class i'm gonna text you like where were you so my job is to make sure i don't get a text message from him telling me to show (laughs) up so I've been there every Wednesday because he runs that class. And yeah. now it feels like like, like I belong there. So Yeah, that's nice. Um, and I, I saw uh, your son uh, started. Yeah. So that, that's really cool that um, 
the one picture. I actually added that with your uh, post I did today, uh, just because I, I love that picture. It's just such a a, a great shot. So that's awesome. How is how is that for you? Just now having your son able to get out there and how's he enjoying it? Yeah, it's amazing. So a um, uh, little backstory first. So I've actually I'm actually at a new gym now too mm-hmm. after covid um i was uh where i worked was probably like a 30 minute drive before the pandemic hit and uh there was a gym that was close by that had a lunch class and so i would train during my lunches and pop over and after the pandemic and everything you know got crazy got furloughed uh that job got deleted i'm just never i'm never out that way anymore um so when i started to come back um, you know, I was looking at, at my options and, uh, the gym that I, I train at now is GF team. And it, it's under the same, uh, team as the first place that I really started training, um, which is at West side and Little Rock under Rolly Delgado. So a lot of ways that was a moment to kind of come home, change up my training. You know, I, uh, I, when I, when I came back, I really wanted to come back and, and reinvent myself because I'd been in a little bit of a rut right before the pandemic hit. Um, so, you know, a lot going on, came back, the, the school's been you know, really amazing. Uh, you know, this purple belt that came in that couldn't even do anything and everyone's really cool with it. Um, but I asked, you know, I was like, Hey, can, you know, is it okay if my son comes and does a class and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so I tell my wife, who's a photographer, I was like, I need you to get a picture of the first time that we're on the mat. Like I, I, I had the vision. I was like, I don't care if he trains jujitsu, like if it's not his calling, like whatever, if he wants to like be a ballerina or a chef, like, I don't, I honestly don't care what he does, but I'm going to have a moment where he does it with me, you know, as a, as a kid. So I was like, and I just want that, that moment. And, uh, you know, she, she, she drug her camera out and made sure to get that. That really was like the first time that we were dressed out and stepping on the mat at the same time. And, uh, man, I'm just, I'm over the moon that I got that, that moment immortalized and then he he's uh he's four and a half he goes out and the youngest kid is probably about five and a half that was out there uh my son is he's tall and skinny he's he's like a little shrimp um he's like 35 pounds and has been for like six months or maybe a year like he just he's a little dude and he got out there and those kids were bigger than him but you know what he he did the drills as best he could. Um, there was a lot going on, uh, but he kept just a really great attitude. And then for rolling, this like little girl comes up and just like snatches him and is like, you're going to be my partner. And they, you know, they, they rolled together like three or four times, which is really just them tugging on each other's keys for a while until one would fall down. And he had a blast. Um, we, he hasn't been back for another class yet. Uh, he still talks about like he wants to, but uh, I thought it may do him some good to um, pump the brakes a little bit and come back in maybe three or four months when he's a little bit bigger and when he, like, sure. when he can sit and pay attention to the drills. But um, yeah, it's like seeing him light up and getting on the mats with him was, was truly like a special moment. And like, I don't, I don't care what he does jujitsu from now on. Uh, if he wants to train, like I'm all in on it. Um but that was that was like probably the coolest dad moment that I've had so far. That's good. That's good. It like again that the picture, um, just it, it's wonderful, and just knowing, I don't know. I'm 
maybe I'm just super sappy, but like stuff like that, like that, that tugs at my heart. And it's like, that's a special moment. Um, and my daughter, we were hoping to get her in, in the fall. And then, you know, COVID was still kind of a weird thing here. Yeah. And then this year, once 2021 hit, we they reintroduced our Tiny Ninjas class. And I believe in March. And my wife and I talked about it. And I was like, look, she wants to do it. When we we're doing the Zoom classes, she was actually participating in those. I had mats down here in the basement, had the cameras going. Um, she she can Gramby so much better than me. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it helps when they're all bendy. <laughs> yeah. Like when I saw her doing it, I was like, yeah. okay, it's because you're flexible. Yeah. But the fact that Go she does room. it, like she does it though, and yeah. she lands properly. When I do it, I yeah, you know, who knows what direction? Like I'm looking one direction and I'm who knows where by the time I come around, I was like, wait, where am I? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't facing that way before. Um, Man, that's one of those things. Like, there are a few things in jujitsu that, from the outside looking in, you think it's the easiest thing in the world. And then you get out there and try it and you can't. And Granby is like something that people think, oh, that's just, you're just, that's easy. And you get out there and try it. And there is no telling where you end up. Yeah. It, it's for our drill this morning, actually. We did half Granby's. And when they call, we, like, on our Wednesday class, we very rarely, if ever, I don't think we've ever done a Granby during since I've been going there. And he called for a half Grammys. And I was just like, I just got comfortable with bear crawls, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, pump like, the brakes. Because normally, whenever he calls for bear crawls, you'll hear, I'm the one that makes the very loud sigh. And then I'm like going at a snail's pace. He called for bear crawls today, and I was doing like a little trot. And I was like, it's like, okay, now I know I'm back. I, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this comfortably without complaints. Then he said half, uh, half Grambys. And I was like, nope, <laughs> not. I did it, but I wasn't happy at all. Yeah. I was, that was very, very miserable. But um, like my daughter, you know, I, I was helping with the Tiny's program last year. So I had the curriculum. So I started doing some of the techniques here with her and, you know, tinies, we do just, you know, like Muay Thai stuff or kickboxing yeah. stuff. Like, um, so it's like, she, she's excited about it. She wants to do it. My wife was like, okay, let's get her in for it. Then with all the house projects coming up, it's like, hold on, we can't afford this. I was like, well, yeah, we can, like, we, we can do it. Trust me. Like I'm going to yeah. make this happen. So, um, our neighbor, he wants to get his daughter and she's going to be five next month. So I think I'm going to go talk to him in a couple of days. Like, look, why don't we take both the girls in and do the one week trial for them both? Same yeah. week. We'll take them in same time um, and, and work from there. And if your daughter is into it, perfect. Cause my daughter's going to be doing it regardless. Um, but like just thinking about that, it's like okay, I can't wait for my daughter to get out here on this mat officially. I don't know that, you know, if I think uh, by next year she should move up to the next grouping. 
just because yeah. of age. I don't know that I can be her coach for that just because I'm, I'm tough on, on my family and friends. Like you bring me a stranger and I'm going to walk them through it. You bring me family or friends and I'm like, no, nah, I, I know you're, I, I know to be as you pull, like you're running these laps. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, your hip hurts. Hmm. Your hip wasn't hurt when you were playing earlier today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, like, you know, like give me some squats. So, but yeah, that, that's something I worked out with, with, you know, my coach too. I, I told him like, Hey, I would, I would love to help with the kids class, you know, and everything like I, I but I don't want to be his coach. You know, I don't, I don't want him to be looking to me to teach him jujitsu. Like I want someone else to teach him that way I can separate it all. But yeah. like, I would love to be in the class. I would be helping other people. I'd love for him to see me rolling and doing it and, and feeling that comfort. I was like, I don't want to be the one telling him what to do because I'm going to treat him differently. Even if I try not to, like, it's just, it yeah. can't not. Yeah. That's my concern is like, and you know, I was talking with one of the other coaches today and she, she was like, yeah, I agree. Like, because you fall into one of two categories, either you're too easy on them or you're too hard. And I was like, I'm definitely the one that's going to be too hard on her. And the thing is, is it'll break my heart because I know she'll get upset. She'll cry. Yeah. I, I don't want to force her away from jujitsu. So, so if that's, if, if she's going to enjoy jujitsu, I can't be her coach. Not, <laughs> not right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Later, in every life. every tournament, every class, whatever. But you know, the from the coaching point of view, they really, in my opinion, they need to have somebody that you also think of as a coach. Correct, correct. So, uh, but I'm really, you know, again, happy to hear that. That's you know, that's something that's happening for you right now. And I agree. You know, he said he's four and a half. So coming back in a few months, you know, and also haven't already gone in and got that little bit of taste. Yeah. Now coming back in a few months, now it's something that's really like built into him. Like I'm excited. I'm ready to come back. And that was the same thing with my daughter. She just turned five um, a couple weeks back. So when we're really heavy into doing everything, she was about four and a half. So now I think it's that time where, okay, I think we can get her back to this and I know she's going to embrace it. Yeah. And um, our, our coach who's running the tinies right now, I think he's a phenomenal instructor. Uh, he actually does our fundamental class on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. And I go to those classes and, and I love learning from this guy. So I can't wait for my daughter to learn from him as well. So it's going to be fun on our end and hopefully, you know, she'll, if she doesn't, you know, fall in love with it like I, I'd have, then like it's not a big deal. Yeah. But I want her to at least try. She, right now, from the outside, she enjoys it. So, and you know, that's you did, making it fun, making it a game. I mean, that's the key. Mm -hmm. And you know, making it too serious or making it like ultra competitive. Some kids thrive in that, but generally speaking, you know, most get burnt out on that. I mean, hell, when I was a kid. My mom had me, I say my mom had me, I really loved it, but I was, you know, played T-ball, I was at the pitching machine, I was on like traveling all-star team, and it got to the point where I had a game, or like a tournament, where I had to travel for it every weekend, you know, practice three, four days a week. I got so burnt out, I quit, and I never stepped foot on the baseball diamond again, and that was at like, you know, seven, eight years old, and that was, like, I have never liked baseball since, and I was all on it, and that's just you know, that was me. And, and 
I was decent at the time, but if you ask me to throw a baseball right now, I'm going to say, well, maybe I'll just underhand it to you because I suck at throwing. But, uh, you know, I got so burnt out and, and that's, that's tough on kids, you know, to, to, to feel like there's so much pressure to the point where they just don't enjoy it anymore. I always wonder about that with kids. I've never, when I was a kid, I kind of moved around a bunch and just, I, I was never settled anywhere. So I never got to really lock into anything as far as athletics or any kind of passion as a kid. So I, I always wonder that when I look at it from the outside, when I, I see friends who, you know, we grew up together and they, you know, play um, uh, football, football is the big one or lacrosse out here. And I always wonder, you know, do you still love it like you used to love it or for some of them, I know I have some friends who are only playing football because their dads wanted them to play football. And I had that discussion with my brother-in-law at Thanksgiving um, last time we had Thanksgiving 2019. Yeah. And um, he says to me, he goes, because I've always loved football, I always played and my body and all the injuries. That's proof of it, you know, later, later in life. Uh and Thanksgiving, we're Detroit fans, so we all sit around, watch the Lions lose. And <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's a tradition now. We just, hey, sir, yeah. you got, like, all right, make sure you got two boxes of tissue because it's going to be, it's going to be a bad one. It's the Bears. They're playing the Bears, so you know we're going to cry a lot. Mm. Um, <laughs> but we're sitting there last year, and he goes, somehow the discussion comes up, and we're talking about kids playing football. And in homeschooling, because I think that's where it stemmed from, because we're, we're homeschooling uh, my daughter, at least to start off. Yeah. And he was like, um, well, you know, if you had a son, you know, you homeschool and he couldn't play football. I was like, sure, he could play football. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, Jason Taylor, who played for the Dolphins, he was homeschooled and he got a scholarship to play for Akron University in Ohio. And he got drafted to the Dolphins. Like it's doable. You know, it's, there are prodigies that despite everything that happens, they're going to play professional sport. Yeah. I mean, just like looking at MMA, when you look at someone like Francis and like this guy just started training a fight, like what, five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And he's the heavyweight champ. So, you know, if, if you're meant to do it and you want to do it, you're going to do it. Um, But, as we're discussing it, you know, I told him, I was like, I'm going to be honest. I mean, given all the stuff that I've been through with football and the pressure that I had high school, at least like high school, uh, high school football was kind of a weird thing for me. Cause I didn't, you know, I wasn't like fully active. I just wasn't attentive enough. Like my brain was just like, I was all over the place. So I'm, I'm there at practice, but I wasn't like there. So when they say, hey, let's run this play, I'm like, ah, just just get me the ball. I'll, I'll get up, Phil. I know, yeah. I know how to get there. But um, I had, you know, a lot of injuries. Like, it's, it's more so head-related. And I said to my brother-in-law, I was like, honestly, I mean, I don't know if I want my son playing football, especially now, just looking at, you know, all the research they're doing now on retired players. And he turns to me, he's like, you mean to tell me if you had a son, you wouldn't let him play football? I was like, if he wants to play football, yeah. 
but I'm not going to tell them, yeah, you got to play football because I play football. You right. know, this this isn't varsity blues. You know, this isn't the 1990s and the 1980s where, you know, my dad played football. So I got to play football and my kid's going to play football and my grandkid's going to play football. It's like, at least not for me, you know, and, and I don't want that to be, this, you know, the feel with jujitsu either. I don't want to be like, well, I did jujitsu, so she has to do jujitsu. Right. I want her to at least try it. I think a lot of people that are that are within the the community understand that it's not for everyone. I mean, for anyone that sticks around for any length of time, like they they quickly realize that it's it's not for everyone. And Mm -hmm. you have to really have a special love and you have to kind of find it for yourself. Um, And and if you don't, you know, I don't think that it's really going to be something that, that you stick with. It's not one of those. You know, you have people that, that come on and they, they love it for a while and then, you know, they quit a blue belt or whatever like that. Of course that happens. But yeah. um, the people that really stick around, the people that really get to that high level are the people that just can't help but love it. They can't help but keep coming. I feel like for me, even at Blue Belt, I've, I've been there, I think, two years now. Blue Belt. Yeah, that seems like two or three years. Um. Now that I'm back into it, even if I stayed at blue, but I get to continue to grow and learn, I feel, you know, as you grow and learn, you should be moving up. But for me, it's like, even if let's say the next five years pass and I'm still a blue belt, I'm still getting to do what I enjoy. And, and that that's because the belts, I mean, the belts are nice, but it's not the end all be all. I, I have a teammate. I've been training for six years. And I don't know how long he was a blue belt before I got there. But he's been a blue belt for a long time. And I know that he's, you know, like just training with him and watching him go. It's like, I'm pretty sure this guy is, you know, well beyond blue belt. But, you know, it's like, look, he, he's growing. He's learning. He's proficient, but again, it's not about the belt. It's about your love for the sport. It's, yep. you know, what you get, what you get from it. So that's a big, a big thing that I try to remind myself just as I step onto the mat, just go out there, make the reps count and enjoy yourself. Don't, and, and don't hurt yourself. Cause that's something now that I'm trying to remember in my older age, you, <laughs> I, I think I, um, I started at 38, maybe 37. I don't know. One of those numbers. 37 seems right. And even then at 37, I was a scrambler. Like, you know, just, you know, put me with anyone and, you know, it's like the younger guys, it's going to be a scrap. Yeah. After about a year of that, maybe two years of that, I think when I hit 39, I was like, yeah, let's slow down. Let's, let's relax. <laughs> let's enjoy the pace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Live. Um, for you, when you were moving up, um, from blue belt to purple belt, or just at blue belt, period, what was it like for you at that point? Just, I guess I'm trying to trying to figure out how I want to word it because I had it in my head a couple minutes ago, then I lost it. Um, but as you were just kind of absorbing your your info and and progressing, what 
was that turning point for you at Blue Belt where you felt like it was kind of elevating you now to, per, you know, or to the next level? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about it last time um, that we got to talk, but, but my journey's taken me all over the place. You know, I, I started in, in a very small town um, in, in Southwest Arkansas. It was like 46 miles from the closest interstate, like, like middle of the sticks and it was a gym of like four people uh it was a taekwondo gym and i started staying for the mma class for like their nogi jiu-jitsu and um i trained there for like two years and like honest to god never tapped anyone in two years because it was like the same four regulars and uh they were getting better at the same rate that i was so i never had the opportunity to like to catch them because as I was learning tricks, they were learning them too. So there was never that, like, I'll call it fresh meat coming in, like that that moment where I could really, like, hone my own skills. So when I moved um, from there to, to Little Rock, I started training at Westside MMA under Coach Rolly Delgado who, and Matt Hamilton. And that's the gym that, that right now um, TJ Brown and Bryce Mitchell from the UFC are both coming out of. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a high level gym. And so I came in even with two years of like no gi experience when I started training gi, like it was like a different level. So I, I started as a white belt that knew the terms, but didn't know the, the details like I should have been being around just so many different people. Um, Rolly gave me my blue belt. And honestly, it's been so long now that I don't really remember much about that. Like I remember getting tips. I remember getting the blue belt, but I don't remember my mindset and, you know, I don't remember what it was like. I, I do have this like vague remembrance of like, you know, I, I don't deserve this. And suddenly everyone is like tougher and meaner. And, but, but I just remember being along for the ride and, and enjoying it. And I remember actually at the time, um, Matt Hamilton, and I post this from time to time, uh, talk about how the only belt that he ever wanted was the blue belt. And after that, he was disappointed with each next belt that he got. Uh, Matt Hamilton was old school. I mean, he, he flew to California to, to train with a blue belt because that's how few people were doing jiu-jitsu. Like he, he traveled far and wide just to get some jiu-jitsu. He was, you know, the first like pro MMA person out of Arkansas, I think. Um, so to hear him talk about what he had to do to be a blue belt and then, you know, here I am homegrown in a blue belt. Uh, but it always stuck with me that he, he didn't care about the belt after blue. He realized like it doesn't really matter and that it's, you know, it's going to happen either way. So just be along for the ride. Um, when it really started to to click with me that I was getting to like a, a higher level, um, I don't compete often. I compete probably two or three times a year. The, the whole process is like incredibly exhausting for me. Um, it's not that I get a lot of performance anxiety, but honestly, I just don't perform well in competition. And so I have to go into it like, have to, to depressure myself first. I have to go into it like wanting to learn, wanting to grow from it. Um, and that was actually like the turning point where I realized that I'm probably progressing beyond blue belt is when I had the, the wherewithal about myself to understand, oh, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to work on something specific and just try to have fun. That it's not about the ego anymore. And when I did that, there was, there was something that happened in my mind that like competition became more tactical. It became just more fun. And so like, um, I, I felt super comfortable competing at that point. And there were blue belts that, you know, I tapped in competition that, uh, probably should have been more difficult than what it was because I was just like comfortable. It, it made it easier. 
so that was a moment where I'm like, okay, I'm obviously at the very least um, a higher level bluebell. And I'm probably getting close to purple. And it wasn't long after that. I got, there was a moment there where I'm like, oh, these competition wins are coming much easier. Like it's not a six minute dog fight. It's like a, a two minute grappling match that I control most of it. Um, so I got my purple belt. And then when I competed a purple, it was like the exact opposite of that. <laughs> it's like a six minute dog fight, exhausted, you know, feeling like I, I didn't deserve it. But um, yeah, I think it was, when I felt like I was getting close to purple was when I just felt like blue fit me really well. When I felt like I had gone past, you know, the, the turbulence and it settled into something that, that made sense to me and, you know, I was comfortable doing and that even in the most stressful situation of, of competition for me, uh, it still felt like, right. I asked that because me being at blue, I'm like, huh, let me, let me talk to somebody who's, now purple hey what did you do at blue and it's like yeah. okay all right this is I, like i'm not quite at that feeling yet uh especially coming back now i'm i'm now just getting to the point where i'm actually holding my own against a higher striped white belts and i was like oh okay okay now i can okay now i got you guys under control all right now bring on these blue belts again yeah um i mean there's a couple of like important things to remember in my opinion um, the first is that like, no matter what, when you step on the mats, you, you are going against a real human being that can generate an awful lot of power and that they have a will. They, they have a will to use that power against you. And at, at no point is it ever, oh, as a purple belt, I can never be beat by, by a blue belt or even a white belt. Because if that will and their technique and their size and, or strength or whatever align, you can get in a bad spot and you can lose. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reality of it. And that's, you know, you have to take yourself out of the equation, you know, in a lot of ways to just uh, accept the fact that there are people that are going to be specimens. There, there are going to be 16 year old blue belts that are gigantic and perfectly poised to stomp you. And it's, it's going to happen, you know, at some point. And that's the reality. You know, you're going to get somebody that has a will and that has power and you're not guaranteed to win. That's what I've been coming into these, it, at least this next run of jujitsu for myself. Uh, as I've reintroduced myself to the, the newer run of white belts we have at the gym. And some of them were there before, um, a couple of them. But there's some bigger fellas. There's a few wrestlers and you know, that's one thing I always keep in mind. I don't look at the belt and say, oh, it's just a white belt because I don't know what their background is, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they're, so there's one guy in there. So previously, you know, I walk into the gym, I'm a very reserved and awkward and shy person. Contrary to what people may think with, you know, me doing this, it's because we have a screen and, you know, I, it, it's just internet world is, builds a different kind of human. But most times in person, I'm very awkward and very shy. But there was a point walking into that gym, I was the loud guy, not obnoxiously loud, but like, you knew I was there. I was there greeting everyone. I'm friendly with everyone. Um, I'm cracking jokes with everyone. Now that we've come back from COVID and we're trying to get back to some sense of normalcy, I come in now 
and I'm looking around the room. You know, I just kind of go sit over um, by myself, you know, kind of do some light stretches. And, you know, I hear a lot of there's this one guy, he, you know, he's very outgoing. He's just very talkative. I've seen him there since we've come back. I've never seen him before. And I always say to myself, it's like, I like to roll with that guy. I've, you know, I, I never get to see him roll. It's like, I want to roll with that guy just because I'm curious. Yeah. And I'm like, he's the loudest one in the room. I want to know. But uh, there was just something about him uh, yesterday's class. There was like just this light bulb moment. I was like, I think that dude's a wrestler. There's just <laughs> something about him. I was like, I still want to roll with him. But now I have to adjust my frame of thought getting into a match with him. But, yeah, anyone can get you. Like, it doesn't matter. And our uh, wrestling coach, he's, uh, you know, embracing jiu-jitsu now. And I told him the other day, we we're uh, doing no-gi. We we're doing King of the Hill. And I, it, I had to pair up with him. And I walk over and I go, you know, one of the things I fear most is a wrestler that embraces jiu-jitsu. Uh, and he goes, Coach Keeps just said that to me the other day, too. And then we proceeded to have this crazy just dog fight, the two of us, his wrestling versus my jiu-jitsu. And it ultimately ended up with him, like, best of me. He he got the sweep. Or no, he got, he got a, a takedown because we scrambled to our feet. And as soon as we got to our feet, my first thought was, do not let him take you down. Yeah. Like, do not. Be the first. <laughs> and I made that attempt, and it was the, I don't want to say the biggest mistake of my life, but it was just like, uh, what, like, what, what, what do I look like trying to shoot a double leg on a wrestler? Like, yeah. Like, not, not just a wrestler, like, you know, a, a D1 wrestler from Pennsylvania our wrestling coach, you know, he, it's like, I tried to shoot. It didn't work. He sprawled. We got back up and it was, and it was basically like, you could see in his mind, let me show you how it's done. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll, all right. And, you know, afterward, you know, I walked over to was like, thank you. Hugged him. And, you know, went back to the back of the line, come back around, pair it back up with him. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not letting this get to the feet. We will stay on this ground. And I got stuck in um his half guard. And then I think he ended up getting a sweep on me. And I was like, okay, cool. Went back to the back of the line, came back and ended up with him again. I was just like, I don't know if I have an answer for you right now. But <laughs> I, I got to figure it Let out. Let me do some research and get back to you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's basically yeah. – he he's on vacation this week. So he won't be there Friday. He'll be back next week. So hopefully by then I'll have something for him because we're not – I'm not getting body slammed by him again. I'm not getting swept from half guard by him. Like, was, like part of me is like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> but the other part is like, I mean, he, you know, again, he's got, you know, much, much more experience grappling wise. So it's like, there's no shame there. It's and, and really, it's more of a learning experience anyway, because it's like, okay, you know, he showed me something different that I, I was very confident in with my uh, leverage and, and my base. And he showed me that, hey, like, it ain't all, you know, it ain't all that. So, so now it's like, okay, I got to figure myself out. Got to figure it but, out. But in one week, like, it, we're doing this again. 
and <laughs> I'm, and I'm probably gonna, a week after that and a week after that. Yep. And and I those mean, are the those are the things that you know I embrace about jujitsu though. You, yeah. you keep coming back, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And the, it's the moment that you don't want to do it anymore is where now you have to say, is this the thing for me? Yeah. So. Man, I agree. So I, I've been doing this long enough now that I, I can spot trends in you know, jujitsu world. <laughs> uh, and it, it's just so interesting to me because we're, we're in a sport that is evolving and it's evolving so quickly. Um, you know, like you could, you could draw a line in the sand at UFC one and it's like, that could be year zero. And we're in right now, uh, you know, UFC, whatever year it's been 25 or something, 30. But at that moment, people realized, wow, grappling is important. And people wanted to like jump on Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because obviously that's what won. Um, but since then there's been this, this really slow buildup of the more traditional wrestling arts. Like, um, you know, I'm here in Arkansas and, and there was, there was zero wrestling as a sport in Arkansas for me growing up. When I started jujitsu, there was zero, but now like mm-hmm. some of the local schools are starting to have wrestling teams. Um, I'm pretty close to Oklahoma, which is a huge wrestling, uh, powerhouse. There's like wrestling is becoming sort of the off-season sport for grapplers and especially kids mm-hmm. and it's 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 growing in popularity and i and i did a uh, a blog entry a couple of years ago where i interviewed roly and i was just curious you know since he really had his thumb on the pulse of grappling in the state and, and nationwide uh you know what what effect is wrestling having on jiu-jitsu and, and he made a comment that was it rang true then and I'm seeing it really come home now is, you know, wrestling is just reinforcing the idea that uh, the person who's on top is the person who's winning. And jujitsu for a long time was focused on being the smaller person, the person on bottom and how can you win from the position of weakness. But these wrestlers that they get out of school and they don't have wrestling anymore, they're coming into jujitsu these wrestling coaches are influencing jujitsu and, and the truth and the reality is, is people that want to be on top as opposed to on bottom are winning more matches than people that want to be on bottom. And there's, there's a fundamental truth. The person who is on top is the person who's winning. And if, and that's the way it is. And that's, that's a beautiful thing about wrestling is that it teaches you how to be on top. It teaches you how to pin. It teaches you how to control everything. You don't get swept very often if you're a good wrestler. So I mean, that's we were stuck in for a long time, uh, traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And now it's there's a shift. And in, and in only 10 years, that shift is rapid and it's obvious. Yeah, that's that's an issue that I have coming into Me jiu-jitsu too. is I'm always comfortable being like on the bottom and now we're getting a lot of wrestlers coming in like, okay, you want to be there. That's fine. Stay there because I'm going to keep you there anyway. You're not going to be able to get your underhooks. You're not going to be able to. And in the gi, it's a little different, but no gi, it's it's not even close. It's, it's like, and when we were doing no gi uh, at our old location, it was mostly wrestlers that were showing up. And, you know, you have your occasional, you know, me come in there and say, okay, you know, 
because I, I'm just there for grappling, period. Uh, I put up a post earlier today, um, basically, you know, always mocking gi versus no gi, always. And, you know, I, I put my own little comment in there basically saying, at the end of the day, it's all grappling. Uh, but there is that shift, though, where with jiu-jitsu, yeah, the, the smaller guy could get the upper hand. The smaller guy could be, you know, on the ground and, and still prevail. But now you're getting the guys that are like, okay, well, now we want top control. And I have to, for myself, train myself to not just get so comfortable with falling to the mat and thinking, okay, I can go ahead and get a quick lasso and, and you know, uh, get a hammer sweep or something versus – because now they're keen to that too. Like, well, I'm not yeah. going to let you get that in. I'm just going to pass your guard and, you know, control you from there. So with the, the change of the, the change of the game, um, you know, just kind of going as it is myself, I have to try to change with it because I, I'm old, I'm stubborn. I'm like, Hey man, I started this and I was doing this. I don't want to go to that now. And it's like, well, if you want to, progress you have to at least maybe not completely go to it but you got to get some elements there yeah otherwise you're never gonna you're you're not gonna be able to keep up with the game because there's gonna be another shift and with that shift it's just gonna be building upon the elements that were already there and now adding something else and if you're still on that first and now they're on the fifth you know one of my teammates and i we always sit down we kind of have this discussion i'm gonna say maybe every six months and we talk about ufc you know any of the earlier ufcs you put any of those fighters against guys now i mean we saw it with tank abbott versus frank mir as one of those examples you know you take guys you know when everybody talks about would john jones be able to beat chuck liddell i mean yeah I mean, he has different tools. The game, he he knows different things than what Chuck knew. You know, so yes, you know, when you look at Anderson Silva versus Israel um, Ayasanda, you know, Anderson, and granted, age is a big thing there too, but Izzy, he just has different tools. He knows different things. And that's just how the progression goes. You know, whenever the discussion of greatest of all time for anything comes up, it's very difficult to do. But I always use my computer as comparisons for that because I have an old Mac behind me from 2011. And it still runs well. In this day, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And it's still pretty good now. But the Mac that I'm on right now is from 2020. And that Mac can't touch this Mac, not even close. No, but, of course not. So, and that's how I look at that argument. It's like LeBron versus Jordan, um, Hickson versus Gordon Ryan, you know, um, you know, any of these d- debates is like, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say, but just kind of using that logic of the growth of the sport, you know, it, it for in, in my mind, it's always going to favor the newer guy because he has the knowledge of the old and the new now. So, yeah. I mean, you're seeing right now for the first time in history, kids that are training MMA as a standalone sport. 
Mm-hmm. You're seeing kids that are coming out of high school who their sport is MMA. Yeah. They've been integrated in how those different aspects, you know, the ground game, the stand-up game, takedown game, the cage game, the you know, everything has been unified for them and trained as, as a unit. And you are never going to be able to beat somebody who is fully integrated when you are a, a specialist on, you know, like an old school specialist, because they know how to get around you. Like when you look at a fighter like Damian Maya, he's still active. I mean, he went back and retooled his his striking because the striking used to just be to set up takedowns, right? And 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 it's still kind of that way, but it it improved a little bit. Fabricio uh, Verdun, his at least improved where he could manage standing up. Uh, and there was another grappler I can't think of right off top, but um. But, you know, those guys are specialists and, you know, they're they're, you know, great fighters. But, you know, you're not going to hang with a George St. Pierre who just could do everything. And he, he's kind of that one that's unfair to use because he's a freak of nature. And even John Jones is a freak of nature as well. Um, but, you know, when you get to these guys who like when um, Israel moved up to light heavyweights, and yes, Jan had, you know, the weight advantage on him, but it was more so once he wrapped him up, it was like, okay, yeah. you know, you're not getting away from me. I'm a grappler. You're a striker. And, you know, again, it's not to say, you know, they can't survive, but when you got someone that's kind of got a well-rounded game where it's like, I can strike and grapple and, you know, you know, defend, you know, I, I have all these tools versus someone who's, like in Damian Maya's case, when he fought Anderson Silva, he, you know, wanted Anderson to come down to him. And Anderson was like, nope, I'm not falling for that. No. You can stand up and come to me because I know you can't do it up here. <laughs> um, but that's also kind of the same. Anderson's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but, it's the, you know, there are different levels to that black belt when you're going against Damian Maya versus Anderson Silva. Yeah, I feel like Damian Maya might be – that guy that's gonna have the upper hand, and Anderson probably knew that. That's why he didn't want to go there. It was like, uh, right. Also, considering in his run right before that, he was knocking everyone out anyway. So I think he was like, "Look, I just want to get this quick knockout and and move on." But who knows? Uh, maybe maybe they'll do an ESPN thirty for thirty, and he'll discuss it. I hope. I don't know. With ESPN having UFC content, it's like, come on, let's get more more UFC. Um, interviews like that. You're good. So, so what you're saying earlier, it kind of struck a chord with me. Um, you know, uh, mentioning if you have a specialist and you have kind of an all-around player, or whatever that can can get around them. Uh, the same strategies what I use for jujitsu is the advice that I give to a lot of white belts is um, if you don't know how to beat somebody, like the best strategy you can adopt is whatever they're bringing to you is their A game cancel that a game like your first step is do not let them do what they want to do and then the second step is then you do what you want to do but you got to get them out of their a game into their b game and then bring your a game to their b game and that's the best way that you can win and and that's what's going on you know in a lot of uh these even big matches is you have these people that have everyone knows their a game 
and you have people that know how to get them out of that A game into their B game. And they train to specialize against that. That's actually, uh, when I think about it early on, I was doing that a lot. Uh, like not knowing that I was doing it, it was like, look, I know this guy wants this. Um, I have a weird stocky neck. So there are a couple guys that love triangles, a couple guys who love guillotines and, you know, trying to get me there was always difficult. And even once they got me there, just, you know, I turtle my neck, like shrug my neck and it's like, <laughs> you're, you're not getting in there. Like it, it was so bad. At one point, I put a bounty out on myself. I was like, look, if you can try and with me, I'll take you out to dinner. I, I owe you. <laughs> and it was not happening. Like, yeah. and, and I fall into it, but also knowing, you know, people are going for it, you know, because, you know, it's like, OK, I, you now that that's there, you know, they want the triangle. Yeah. So it's like I, I'm already in your head. I've already told you what you can't do. You want to do it. So we're going to play. The, we're going to dance this. Um, one person did actually triangle me but he was not aware of the stipulation. So yeah, I'm not feeding him. <laughs> um, and, and it was, it was well-deserved. He earned it uh, because we, he had me in that triangle for a while. And he, I think he readjusted four, maybe five times. That's what you got to do. And it, it, get, it really got to a point. It wasn't so much to choke as much as it was exhaustion on my part. Yeah. Because just giving up on it. I knew he wasn't going to stop. <laughs> I was like, I don't know that I can adjust anymore with him. Like every time he moves, I got to move. He goes here. I got to go to the other side. He goes to that side and I got to move here. And the last one that he did, I was just like, dude, I can't keep up with him anymore. <laughs> it, it, it was like after class. So there's no timer on. It was just us rolling. Yeah. I was just like, okay, all right, tap, you know, and funny enough, um, I think oh, maybe two weeks after that, he got promoted to purple belt. And it was like, you know, when he got promoted, I was like, dude, like, it's because of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I jokingly, I did. So it was like, yeah. I mean, I guess you got that triangle on me. I mean, nobody You're else welcome. could. You got it. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the fact that he just stuck with it and kept, you know, yeah. going through the adjustments, that's, that's a key point too, though. Um, you know, just in, in the growth, it's like, don't give up on a move in, uh, you know, a lot of white belts give up on something. Well, so a lot of white belts won't give up on something when it's time to give up on something, but then a lot of them will give up on something that they should not have given up on. Yeah. Um, and, and blue belt that happens a lot too, where it's tough to know what, where that line is, you know, where, yeah. where are you sinking resources where you ought not to? And, and, you know, where should you just add a little bit more leverage to it to finish it off? It, like I rolled with my coach, uh, the the former owner. Uh, he's he's still my coach. Yeah, <laughs> my my daughter's coach still forever. Coach. I know how that goes. Like, any, anytime I say coach, any coach, anyone, because like I call everyone there just about coach. And my daughter's like coach. <laughs> like okay, you, you're. I know what coach you're thinking. Like I'm talking about Coach Naomi, which she's like, okay, Coach Naomi. I, I know Coach Naomi, um, but. I rolled with him. He, he messaged was like, Hey, you, you want to come up and roll? I was like, all right. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, went up to the gym. We're rolling. I get him in a cross choke and it was in. I was like, Oh, I got you. They're like, this is gold. They're like it was the moment he looked me dead in the eye and you'll give me that look like it's not in. And I let go. Go, Why'd you let go? You had me. And I was like, are you, what? 
He proceeded to beat the shit out of me from that point. This is not the choke you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, he, he Jedi mind tricked me. Jedi mind trick, man. It's a real thing in jujitsu. Like I had him, and I was like, and I was confident in it. I felt like yeah. I was like, I have this. There's no way he's getting out of this. There's nowhere for him to go. And then he looked me dead in the eye, and it was a look like I'm. You know, he he didn't even look like he was straining. Yeah. And that's why I let go. I was like, I don't like, I feel like it's tight, but it doesn't look like it's tight. And after I let go, I was like, why'd you let go? And then he whipped the shit out of me. And then afterward, we talked. I was like, no, dude, you had me. Like, and then he texts me later that night to remind me, you had that choke. You should have never let it go. Yeah. He texts me the next day. It <laughs> reminds me again. He, 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 he wrist locked me last week. And, that's another thing I've prided myself on not getting caught with the wrist locks. He got the wrist lock and my daughter was there. Um, he, he just had a child and my daughter's there playing with his, his uh, nine month old and he gets the wrist lock and I screamed like my daughter looked like, Oh my God, something's wrong with dad. Like I screamed and I like slapped the mat <laughs> and I just walked away. It makes you angry. Because <laughs> like, because Every time we roll, he goes for a wrist lock, and like I know he's going for it. I tense up my um my whole uh, hand, my wrist. He's not getting it this time. It oh, because he had a Kimura. He was going for a Kimura. Oh, that that Kimura transition there is brutal when it hits. And I was not thinking. I just I was like, okay, nope, he's not getting the Kimura on me. And then he, it, it, and it's like. It's almost like I knew it was as soon as I was like, he's not getting the Kimura. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then it happened. And it was just and then, of course, he proceeds to text me the rest of the night. He sent me an X-ray, a picture of an X-ray of a, uh, an arm with the uh. red mark in a circle <laughs> on the wrist. I was like, so how's the wrist doing? And then, then he told everyone at the gym. He told his wife. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, like you just love to torture me. Um. But it's it's those things that it gets weird when it comes to when to give up on something and when yeah. not to. You have a lot of white belts. They'll they'll go for something. They're holding on to something. It's like, dude, you're the not head. Even close. They'll just grab the head and hold it yeah. forever. Um, I rode with a young man today. I think after we after we got done, I asked him. He been he's been training for two months. Um, and. When he was in my guard, he's trying to stand up. He kept standing up without, you know, he was doing a, well, you know, I like the standing guard break, yeah. uh, block one in the hands. And he said he kept standing up without doing that. So I kept double ankle, pick, double ankle yeah. picking him. He did it again. <laughs> I do it one more time. And then finally, I just I was like, okay, look, you have to block one of my arms. So he pins one of my arms and tries to go for a paintbrush or a, an Americana. In my guard, and I was like, okay, Ooh, all right, all right, all right. And you know, he's he's going for it, he's like, okay. So finally, you know, I swing around, I take his back, and I'm just kind of holding him, just kind of you know, seatbelt grip and trying to reposition myself. Uh, the time goes off, so I go into his guard. He's like, okay, let's just work on what we just drilled. Like kind of in a live situation, I'm going to give a little resistance. So then I showed him, all right, this is how you, you know, stand up from guard. You got to block one of these hands. And then we went from there. Um, we're doing the, 
uh, Omoplata sweep and rolling into uh, a rolling Omoplata. So he got there, but my arm, my shoulder wasn't really secure. And so they, there was no danger for me at all. Right. No pain, no nothing. He, he is just cranking, trying. He's like, I got this. And I'm like, I'm in, there's no threat here. Like, and it's those are those moments. And again, he, been, he was a bigger guy. Yeah, he he was not much much bigger, but he was definitely leaner, like stronger than me for sure. I've I've noticed like a trend in in like a, a competitor's size as a white belt and their desire to rip your shoulder to pieces. For some reason, that is just a like not a rear naked choke, not but it's like they want to just twist your shoulder. They want to twist your arm off, mm-hmm. and I it's it's brutal. I mean, I got. When I was in Magnolia, that small gym, a guy came in and he was way bigger than me. At the time, I was maybe 145 pounds, 150 pounds. And this guy is, you know, 220 pounds um, of, if not more, of just like fat. And But he came in with this like ego and he got a hold of my arm and just absolutely crunched it. And it, it like it hurt my shoulder. Like I was out for a couple weeks and I was just so like, like, why would he do that? Like, knowing that this is, you know, my joints are on the line. And that it's weird with new, just, I don't know, just people in general. Anytime I go to a different gym and I train with anyone, I'm going maybe 40%. You know, n- number one, just we all got to go to work the next day. Number one. Yeah. Number two, just out of respect. You know, it's like, I don't know you. You don't know me. This isn't a competition. Let's just kind of get a flow going and get a feel for each other. But I've come across so many people. They show up to the gym and it, it's wartime. It's like, yeah, I want your shoulder. I want that arm. I'm like, <laughs> hey, man, do not break my elbow. I have shit to do after this. Like, yeah, for real. Like, I got to run errands. Once <laughs> hey, you get that purple belt around your waist, you really got some shit to do. <laughs> Everyone wants a purple belt arm to take home and put over their mantle. Uh, hey, I mean, when uh, my <laughs> one buddy, he got promoted to purple belt. That Well, he, he was already purple belt by the time I really started getting my foot in. But once I started getting my foot in, I was always going. So he told me that his knees he can't like have his knees pushed in. Yeah. So he can't do like a butterfly sweep. He has a hard time with that. So anytime we start in guard, um, you know, I'll get one of the legs out and I'll pin his leg back. It's like, I know, well, it's not that it hurts. He has no strength, so he can't push yeah. me off. So it's like, Oh, you should have never told me that. Yeah. Now that I know this is my move every time he, he's still, <sighs> He he also likes the wrist lock, so I know to be on guard with him. And now that he knows that it's happened recently, he thinks that my guard is down. Absolutely not. Nope. But um, but he he still gets me with just tons of other just disrespectful moves that I feel like there's a purple belt like secret like society where it's like, hey, these are the moves you use if you really want to be belligerent to someone. It's like <laughs> like. Like, I feel hurt. Like, my feelings are hurt. At times, like, dude, why would you even think to do that? That's horrible. Um, But when I got promoted to Blue Belt, like, coach did it at the beginning of the class. And then 
proceeded, you know, yeah, it was like, oh, cool, congrats. And like, all right, we're going to play King of the Hill. And Dante, you're down. It's like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Um, which King of the Hill, to be fair, I'm trash when it when it comes to being down. I'm I'm not defending the hill at all. But like when when it comes to passing the guard, you know, so I'm I'm gonna more often than not get past you unless you're a D one wrestler, Coach Mike. Um <laughs> it, but he was like, Okay, and it, like everyone just lined up. It was like, Yeah, we want a piece of this guy. I was like, dude, I'm still the same guy. If, if I didn't get this belt today, I would have still been that white belt. Like you guys can cool out. Um, then the next class, it was just again more of it. Like I want to roll with you. I want to roll with you. It's like it's no different. I'm still me. I didn't learn anything in the last two days. Difference because I got to. And that's like every person you meet is you know. Uh, I rolled with the blue belt today or yesterday that uh, I hadn't seen in class before because I haven't been in this new gym for that long, so I don't know everyone. But he came in, and he was a blue belt. So I approach it like I do most blue belts. And then I found out that it was like his first class as a blue belt. Mm. And it was like, you know, if he'd been a four sharp white belt, I would have approached it differently. But even as you get older, and even if you like deeply understand it, like men, somebody comes at you like with a different rank, like you have to assume that they're going to have a certain level behind it. And if you just give them opportunities, they're going to take it. And if they're, if they're, you know, if they have a body and they have a will, they can get you. I wonder if, well, I guess it's not so much a wonder. Is it, I think with age too, because again, in me, I'm 43. Like everyone, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start off at 40%. That's just, that's my start to kind of get a feel for people. Yeah. Like if I start at 40, you start at 70, then I know I got to go up to 70. Yeah. But that's my base. And on the Wednesday morning classes that I train at, it's mostly white belts because um, those classes are fundamental classes, uh, which I don't know. In my mind, I just love just going over fundamentals over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I've, I've been writing notes um, constantly again, and um, I'm just back on it. But when there's the occasional blue belt in that class, we pair up and a lot of times when they're coming to that class, they're getting ready for a competition. I'm learning this now. Mm-hmm. Um, I paired up with one guy. He was getting ready for, um, I think the Memphis open and I'm thinking like, okay, it's going to be like a nice little friendly, like, let's just go back and forth. This dude, he, he wasn't like out for blood, but you can tell he was working on stuff. And he I was, was just working, like, yeah. like, man, like, look, I'm just, I'm a hobbyist, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> just let me know what you want to work on and we can get there. But yeah, don't, don't throw me on my head. Um, and then, but on the other end of that, though, there's a blue belt there last week. Because now I know I've come across these guys like, oh, they're prepping. So he comes in. I was ready for him. I was like, you, okay, you want to start <laughs> 70? Let's start. And he was, he wasn't on that level. <laughs> like I think he was thinking more like me. Let's go forty, and I was yeah, like, but- like, oops. <laughs> All right, let me bring it down a notch. But um, and I'm not sure how long he had been a blue belt because his movements were just very, um, you know, he was kind of hesitant with a lot of stuff. Yeah, you no. Know? So I was like, okay, you know what? That's cool. Let's work on what we know and just get yeah. these moves off. But I always wonder. 
you know, at times when you're going against someone, especially a blue belt, and then the age. It's like when I go against a younger blue belt, yeah, it's wartime. They're they're gunning for me. But if it's an older blue belt, this more like, look, <laughs> I'm just for my lunch break. <laughs> I'm not trying to fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's relax. Um, but the, but no matter the age for a white belt, old or young, they are trying to kill you, and they don't even understand that they're trying to kill you. Yeah. The, the, there's this one guy. Uh, he's been there a little while now. Nice guy. And every time I roll with him, it's like it's basically like you say, you got to take away their A game. And I know what his A game is. You know, I, I know what he's looking to do. And it's like, I'm just going to take that away from him. Yeah. And then he muscles through. And it's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, I, I know you're stronger than me, but I know I can I can still kind of hold you at bay. Yeah. But then we're going to spend the whole role doing just that. And that's a waste of our time. Um, but you know, it, it's all stuff in time that they learn, you know, and I always have to remind people, um, you know, like a lot of the white belts though, you know, it's nice, you know, respectful, but you know, they'll, they'll come and ask me all these questions. Like, look, man, I'm still learning like this blue on my belt. It's really not much different than that white on yours. Um, it's just yeah. that I've been doing it a little longer. And I'm still looking for the same answers that you're looking for. <laughs> so, and, and then it's going to be that way for a while, but I'm always looking for answers. Cause I, like I have a thirst for knowledge. I got questions. Always got questions. Even for my daughter. It's like when she's watching cartoons, like, so what are they doing again? So why are they going up that mountain? Yeah. Huh, okay, cool. Like, all right, you they got the action- whole picture, how it all works together, man. I get that. Yeah, it's like, do they have action figures? Because if they do, I'll collect them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's like, yeah. I, I think I do have a problem. It's like, hey, so does that come in plastic? Hmm. <laughs> Probably going to buy it. Um, yeah, my son is super into Bakugan right now. And he obviously is a collector because I was looking at his little Bakugan that he has. He keeps them in a little ball and he keeps them on the couch yeah. now. And like the crevices between the cushion because it lines them up nice. Yep. And he said, Dad, I wanted to cover the whole couch in Bakugan. And I was like, I counted the cracks and I like estimate. I was like, dude, that's like 600 bucks for the Bakugan. I'm like, we're not going to do that. And I was like, you got about 160 bucks here. Let's let's play with those for now. Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> my daughter, she is into um, Hot Wheels, specifically the Super Mario Brothers Hot Wheel cars. And she she has a pretty nice collection. Like I, she has for sure all the main characters, and now there's some other side characters she has now. Yeah. Now she's starting to get the tracks. This is, and I can't say anything because if you look in my basement, there are all these stupid fucking X Men <laughs> figures. So I can't get mad at her. I can't be like, hey, we need to slow down. And she'll look at me like, um, excuse me, Mister Amazon. Like, no. Yeah. Um, Does it drive but- you crazy to see her like play with a toy and actually like? Like slam them together and like you're like, oh no. <laughs> so actually she she doesn't do that. She so we bought her this set uh when she was an infant. I was out at the store and I was doing what I do, buying action figures, and we saw this set of DC comic uh the uh superhero girls. It was um basically like school age versions of Batgirl. Um Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, uh, Supergirl, 
um, Katana. <clears throat> I think there were seven of them in total in the pack. And we just gave them to her for her birthday this year. And she plays with them. And surprisingly, she's very just like gentle with them. And and it and that actually kind of drives me crazy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> be a five-year-old. Like, yeah. throw them. <laughs> like, that's Supergirl. She can fly. Watch. <laughs> um, they don't like playing with me when we play with the figures because I'm I'm like the rude bully of the group. So yeah. she has some uh, Disney. Uh, well, you want like, to create some friction to make the story interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she had uh, these Disney princesses, and they wanted me to be Ariel. I was like, okay, I'll be Ariel. And um, she was Belle. She like comes up, hey Ariel. I was like, hey Bill, you're looking kind of beastly today. And my wife was like, stop. And <laughs> I can't remember who my wife was. Oh, my wife was using um, uh, Sleeping Beauty. And I was like, oh, it's finally good to see you up on your feet these days. Because most of the time you're just being lazy. She was like, you're not allowed to play anymore. I was like, come on, dude. Like, it's me. I I can't play with these things without saying something snarky. Yeah. Now she gives me the DC figures. I'm, I'm Wonder Woman every time, and I'm always saying something. Like she brings over Supergirl. She doesn't get the whole Kryptonite thing. I was like, hmm. I know you don't have any green on your outfit. So I was like, stop. <laughs> I was like, come on, dude. I gotta be the bully. Like, like she needs to learn this now. Is this better to learn it from me? Um, <laughs> but she's she's very good with all her toys. Um, and it might be because she sees in the basement when I'm like setting mine up, I'm very like particular and cause she knows she comes down here. She doesn't mess with anything. She looks at them. She knows, look with her eyes. I have given her like spare figures that she's like, <laughs> my daughter has quite the Deadpool collection because, <laughs> because whenever they do a Deadpool wave, I don't need five Deadpools. I just need right. the other pieces in the set. And I just give her Deadpool figures. She's like, well, one day she's going to be at a friend's house with a Deadpool figure. I was like, um, you can't play with that kid. <laughs> like, that's like the one that they're really not supposed to, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it, you know, it, I, I'm all about character and personality. So yeah. I want my kid to be, you know, a fun kid. I don't want my kid to be like I was, like I said, I was awkward. So I don't want her to be me. I want her to be. Anytime she sees the neighbor, she's always like, "Hey, neighbor, how are you?" Yeah. Um, so me, I see people. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like humanity. Um, yeah, I'm definitely like better friends with strangers on the internet than I am like my own neighbors. Like people that are close, I'm like, yeah, I know you see what I have. I don't want you coming over here. You stay over <laughs> on your side of this fence, and I'll stay on mine. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly how I am. We just got a new neighbor uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've seen them once. You know, we we kind of made eye contact, gave each other the nod, like "What's up?" It just kind of went on our day. Yeah. But I know, like, the way that their house is set up, their kitchen is in the front of the house, so we're in there in the kitchen a lot. So they see me every day coming out, and because at my gym we we wear white geese. So every time they see me come out the house, I'm wearing white pants and yeah. carrying a gym bag. It's like, what is what is this guy a doctor? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like he goes away for three hours and comes back. Like he's a really shitty doctor. <laughs> he doesn't really do a good job there. I only want him there full time. Um, but it's like part of me is like, hey, I want to go over and be neighborly, but at the same time, I was like, not really. I yeah, like it's like a lot. They're just gonna move at some point, and then you waste all that time. Exactly. It's like 
there's a guy across the street right now. He wants his daughter to do jujitsu. My daughter and his daughter are friends. And he and I have talked a bit. We talked about uh, the fights and stuff. And it's it, it's it's just a lot. Like, I'll see them. And it's weird because I don't want to, like, drive past without waving. But at the same time, I don't want to get dragged into... Like, hey, so who you got for the fight this weekend? Because yeah. number one, I'll I'll go deep, I'll get into it, but also it's like I'm probably heading to work, I'm heading to class, um, and then it's exhausting to deal with people in person. It is, um, like on on Instagram, I'll chat here, I'll chat in person. <sighs> I'd rather not. It's just, it's just like it, there's expectations. Like, hey, so um, you gonna mow your lawn? Like, nope. <laughs> you got you Not got a fourteen year old? Like, <laughs> send your kid over. He can mow it. I give him five bucks. Yeah, five bucks. Like, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot more than what I got from mowing a lawn when I was a kid. Like, send him over. <laughs> I don't even think I got paid. I mowed a lawn. Like, sorry, I ain't got no money. I was like, yep. oh, I should have knocked first. Um, <laughs> so uh. As I was uh, mentioning earlier, taking notes uh, with jujitsu and everything, you have the app upcoming. Yeah, man. Um, how's that going? Man, working hard on it. I uh, So as of right now, I've got a front-end developer and a back-end developer that are um, – they're not like full-time. They're doing it kind of on their own time. Um, but the front-end developer was um, – he's been, been a good friend of mine for years and years. He was, a, you know, a groomsman at my wedding and I reached out to him about last November. Or so, um, when I, when I realized that the job I was working at was, uh, probably going to kill me in stress. And I reached out to him and I was like, you know, Hey, what have you been up to? I've got this app that, um, you know, I've been kind of working on and, uh, I just, I, I don't have time to work on it. And I really need to hand off some responsibilities because I, I think it has, uh, some legs. And he was like, I'm actually looking for some portfolio work. Yeah, I'll help you out. So brought him on. Um, and he's been, since he's been in app development for so long, like he's really been helping like drive the process from his end. Um, we have a, a backend developer um, that I've never met, but he's a super cool guy. And he's doing all like the weird database stuff that like, he explains it. I understand what it is. It's like, how can you just like, magically do this um but basically from the ground up those two and myself have have built now a like full vertical stack we have a back end that is um secure and running and it can communicate with the front end which is what you know users would see and uh, as of last week um i'm contracting on a, a ux ui guy to um, make sure that the flow of the app makes sense. You know, when this rolls out to, to people outside of beta testing, uh, I really want them to understand what everything is and what it does. And there's so much like nuance that goes into it. And I want to make sure I nail that off the gate. So it's, it's kind of a, um, me and team of three are, are working hard and man, in, in the last few months, I started seeing real progress on it. Um, far enough along now that yeah, I felt comfortable doing the Kickstarter and bringing it up. And, um, man, I'm excited. I'm hoping in like five or six weeks to have possibly as early as like four weeks, having some of the really early beta 
features to start testing with people. Um, but probably like six weeks before some of the more complex ones. And I kind of held, I mean, you know, all the details on the app, you know, we, we worked together on it early on. Yeah. So, you know, everything that's going on with it, but I, I really held that close to my chest for a long time because I knew, I knew how far away it was before the app would be realized. Um, but now, you know, I, I'm super excited to start like the, the guys and girls at the gym. I've started talking to them about it. They're getting pumped up. Um, I could talk about it for days and days, but, uh, you know, in a nutshell for, for anyone that's listening, it's, it's going to be basically a, an active journaling app in its first version. It's going to be a way to organize your notes and thoughts, um, whether you're a white belt or a black belt, the way for you to retain information, to put it into our system and to be able to access that information at a late, later date if you need. Um, and let's face it, we always need to access that information at a later date. I mean, I wish, I wish I'd had notes on everything I've learned in the last decade, but I don't because the app just doesn't exist. That does it well, you know, there are journaling apps out there, but they're all passive. There's none that can help steer you in, in the direction. Um, so one of the really big features that like, I haven't really talked to anyone in the public about it, but this is kind of like the big debut part of it, I guess, is uh there'll be features where you can upload your own videos and you can uh use our app to help you do film studies of yourself um ways to organize the information if you've never done a film study it doesn't matter we will help you do the film study all you have to do is this list you know at this moment in the video i got swept with this sweep i ended up in this position and just catalog the video you know here's how the video ended I won by armbar, I lost by rear naked choke, whatever. And we will collect that data and start building a, a like a digital profile of what your jiu-jitsu is. We'll be able to reference the notes that you've taken in the past as well as other instructionals, whether it's YouTube or hopefully, you know, paid instructionals at some point to say like, look, here's where you need help. Here's the position where it's all going wrong. And here's how you can fix it. And then the proof of concept is going to be when someone, you know, goes to instructional and they fix it and they see that moment where their those stats shift. Oh, I was losing 30% by armbar over the last two months. And now it's only 5% by armbar. Like anytime you can get that number to change, like you're progressing. So be able to watch the progression over time. You'll always be chasing like your weakest link and getting rid of it. And, and over time, like I think you're going to see grapplers that are much more well-rounded and much more focused without having to take decades to do it. I'm excited about that. Just, just as you explain, especially with the video, because that's huge. Because I record some, some, you know, some of my training, and I go back and I look at. It, I'm just like, okay, like it, it's tedious because it's for me, it's disorganized. Yeah. Um, and this just sounds organized. It sounds like not only organized, but it, it has intent. Like there's a path to it. There's a reason. And, you know, versus again, you know, I got tons of notebooks sitting here on my table right now of just notes, jujitsu notes. And it's like, for me taking notes, it helps to, you know, when I have to recount it to, you know, either write it down or type it somewhere, it helps, but sure. that it's, but now it's just there. You know. Yeah, and here's the thing about jujitsu that like uh, 
I, I could almost pinpoint the exact date. I could go on my, my YouTube history probably and find the, the day I first watched the video. But um, when Joe Rogan interviewed John Danaher and they were discussing uh, the, the process on Gordon Ryan's heel hook finish at his, I think it was ADCC. Um, and he was talking about like each moment and what the decisions were leading up to it and how like every little movement was planned and coordinated and it blew my mind because up until that point, for me, jujitsu had been this chaotic environment. It had been, um, you know, a series of you make the best decision that you can in a given time. And for the way that he spoke, I realized like, oh my God, I've been learning jujitsu in the worst way imaginable for my mind. Some, you know, like everyone learns differently and, you know, you go to school and people talk about learning and they're like, uh, well, you know, I'm a visual learner. I need to see it up here. You know, no, I need to hear it or I don't get it. You know, I can read it and understand. Like everyone learns differently. But jujitsu in the past has been taught very like in one way. And the best people in, in the world at jujitsu are the ones that learn best on that specific program. And when, when Dana heard that interview, I, I realized like there is an entire world of grappling that no one talks about because no one is comfortable enough learning in that way. And that kind of set the stage. And so like, that's kind of, that's what I want with this app is, is to help people that learn in, in different ways to get into it, to, to get over those hurdles, you know, like here's a terminology. Oh, well, this is actually the same term as this other term. Like it's the same thing. Use whatever term you want. Here's the basic battles you're fighting in these positions and, 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 making it internal because you'll be able to look at your own videos. Here's where I am struggling. Here's the submissions. And then if I lose my armbar 30% of the time and of, of those losses, 80% of the time I was in side control first, what's the common thread there that I can fix that changes it. And it's, it's just never been like taught that way for a few reasons. One is like the best people in the world at jujitsu are the best in the world at jujitsu, not the best in the world at teaching. And you can train under a world-class black belt, but if they can't teach it in the way that you need, then you can't learn. And the other struggle is if you're a world-class black belt, you're going to have a school packed with people trying to learn from you. You can't give your attention 100% to each student. And so it creates this environment where you get a lot of people trying to learn something specific, but have a hard time doing it because one, they don't have the attention that they need from, from the teacher or coach. And it's no fault of the teacher or coach. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Or two, the, their learning style may not mesh with the teacher or coach. And it's, you know, again, there's nothing that can be done there because that teacher or coach is teaching it the way that it makes sense to them. They're, they're putting their best language out there. And if you don't understand it, I mean, what can they do about it? And this, this app is, is, going to decentralize or decentralize the way that we learn jujitsu. It's going to take it out of these like specialists and make it approachable and make it so that anyone, whether they're a small town, whether like basically anybody has been on the journey that I've been on would have had the opportunity to learn the fundamentals in a way that makes sense to them to break down the information in a way that makes sense to them and to provide resources to help them at the right moment in time when they need it. Actually, just even the way that you're explaining that has me now looking back on how just the fundamentals alone for me, just how I went about learning it, but not just learning, but then applying it. And I'm thinking, it's like, huh, yeah, this would have been 
helpful, you know, six years ago when I when I started just I oh snap, I think my wait, we're in May. Never mind, I started in April. Yeah. I was like, I think my anniversary's coming up. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I, I, I usually forget what month we're in a lot. But um like just thinking about this, it's like, dude, I, I wish I would have had this even even you know, over the summer for that matter, where you know, everything was shut down, but I still went in and worked with one of my teammates on takedowns just over and over and over just having, having, you know, this catalog, um, you know, just to kind of work with. So I'm excited. Like it's, I mean, even just, you know, when you mentioned it before, I was like, Hey, you're on to something like th- this is something that, that's needed out there. And there are other, you know, little apps like that, but they're just, they're clunky. They're not just clunky, but it's like, it's just, it's just basically no different than me writing in, in my notebook now. Right. It's they're, just, they're just journals, a passive journal. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, there, there are a couple of them, um, you know, th- they've become more like social media now and less about, you know, your, um, your documentation you know it's like hey you know i trained here you know people come in and like it it's like okay that's cool but you know what'd you do while training you know what notes do you have while training you know you know what what did you gain um so this is this is awesome uh all around just i'm excited for you so yeah i um, I'm, I'm putting everything into it. You know, I believe in one, I believe in jujitsu. I believe in the power of it to, to be around for years and years. And I, and I believe in the evolution, you know, I've been in it, like I said, long enough now where like it's changing and I would love to track those changes. I'd love to be able to, to say like, Hey, since this app was started and people have been putting information in, uh, not that I would ever like use individuals information, but aggregating like total, like world armbar percentages are up 10% this year. What's going on? Like, to be able to track like real changes in, in grappling would be so cool. It's just like talking with you. It, it, I'm always fascinated by just, just your mind. Um, just with this um, back a few months ago with, you know, the whole um, elite sports crash. Um, most of us were all ready to go to war and you're like, hold on. Let me like it like the way you like worded things. Um, just you're a fascinating dude, and uh, you know, like we appreciate you. Um, just even just how you're breaking down jujitsu and and pointing out, yeah, the changes, the progression, the growth of the sport. Um, you know, a lot of us see it, but there's not that that breakdown of it. We're just like, yeah, it's changing. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting beat up by wrestlers. Like, oh, okay, well. But how do you use it? You know, how do you yeah. how do you bring that into your own game? And you know, there, there's some amazing instructionals. God, like Dan her death squad, like all their instructionals are yeah. so freaking good. But you yeah. know what? They're not the end game. I mean, there will be an evolution even beyond, and even their own instructionals are evolving. Like, I guarantee you, they have the next ten years mapped out on what their plan is. And it, yeah. you know, as as wrestling becomes bigger, as uh, you know, Sambo continues to kind of increase in popularity. Like there's going to be some, mm-hmm. some further shifts in our mentality in the way that we approach aspects of the game. I mean, even Gordon Ryan uh, recently, you know, said, you know, right now he's kind of held as, you know, the 
the number one jiu-jitsu player on the planet. He's like, yeah, you know, someone's going to come along, though. There's going to be someone, you know, better than me. You know, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, and just looking at how everything is is evolving and growing. And, and that's the one thing you mentioned, in too, Sambo, you know, coming up and, and gaining some traction and popularity. Just, you know, more people starting to really uh, – get into judo more and more again so catch wrestling another you know what's yeah, old is new the, all the old catch wrestler guys have, have died out but you know the legacy lives on and mm-hmm. i got to train under coach billy robinson who was like one of the last big strongholds and man i still to this day use stuff that he taught me that blows people's mind you know like a lot of times i don't grab the sleeve grip i grab the wrist or like behind mm-hmm. the elbow rather than fabric because it feels more comfortable and better control and i find that that people don't know how to deal with it the same way. Like bringing in these alternate viewpoints is so powerful. I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean by that, that, um, that the grip behind the elbow, instead of grabbing cloth, like you're actually grabbing, you know, the elbow and mm-hmm. like the tricep area. So I've been caught in that and it messes with me a lot because, because if you grab the fabric, I can just kind of wiggle my arm and, and, you know, break that grip. You grab the arm, it, it, there's a different grip there that I can't get. And with that grip, though, it's now limiting my um, mobility. Because if you got the fra- fabric, again, I can just kind of roll my arm under. And now I can grab you. Versus if you grab the actual um, uh, body part, I can't do that now. Like if I try yeah. to, I'm limited in, in um, how far I can take the arm. And you still have full control, even if I get to one point. So those things are important. Those are things that people just, you know, it's not necessarily taught. So Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like, I mean, that's a first level breakdown. And then like the next level beyond that is like looking at human nature and the, you know, mentioning the way our minds work. If I grab a lapel in my mind, I'm grabbing something static. I'm grabbing something and like, and my brain forgets about it. If I don't remember to pull, my arm just hangs there. And I, you know, if you look at a baby holding a bag of snacks, they can hold that bag of snacks forever. They never let it go. You know, it's just like, it's, it's from almost day one, we grab something, we grab it and it's just grabbed and it's going to stay grabbed until we actively do something about it. But when you grab a body part, it becomes this, this active grip in our minds. Like we try to control If you grab behind the arm, you don't just relax. You're always like, like pulling on the arm, but you grab the sleeve and now it's just something to be held and you have to actively learn how to pull it. And so there's like even a different level of activity in your brain between grabbing sleeves for spider guard versus grabbing wrists for doing like an arm drag where you grab behind the arm versus grabbing the fabric, you know, grabbing behind the head for like a collar tie instead of grabbing lapel. Like each one of those like is a very different energy. And, and I really try to incorporate, you know, like the, the body grabs above doing fabric grabs, because for me, it makes me more effective. I don't forget that I'm holding on to something and I don't get caught with my arm out. I was actually thinking about the collar tie, like as you're saying that, cause, cause that's a go-to for me. It's just grab the back of the neck, grab the back of the head and now control them. Um, my one teammate, he likes to use, uh, he, he's uh, one of our Muay Thai fighters. 
and he loves to use a Muay Thai clinch. He loves to use sweeps from Muay Thai. Someone actually told him last week, uh, you know, he used a sweep and somebody got pissed. They're like, you can't do that here. I was like, why not? Was like, yes, it, you can. <laughs> he's actually gone. Uh, he just recently got promoted to blue belt, but he was going to tournaments just by himself. No team, no nothing as a white belt doing uh, open uh, the opens and uh, going up against brown belts. And and using Muay Thai, just, you know, using, you know, the Muay Thai clinch specifically and just tripping people. You could, yep. it, and, that, and that brought up kind of a discussion between he and I, where it was like, how many of these guys that are going out there, you know, training on a high level, you know, what else are they training besides jujitsu, if anything? And, and most of them are probably just, you know, doing just jujitsu, but, you know, him out there using uh, Muay Thai techniques shows that, hey, you can bring some other elements over too. Um, but that, that body control specifically, like you said, you know, you grab onto an arm, it, there's purpose to that. It's not just yeah. here. Like if I, like, again, one of my go-tos from guard is, you know, I'll immediately get a cat's paw grip and start motioning towards spider or lasso. Um, now for me, I know where, you know, there's, there's steps to it. So I know where I'm going, but you know, I have some teammates, they'll do it, but that's just kind of a placeholder. They're not really doing anything with it. It's just somewhere to put their hands. Yeah. As we always say, you know, your hands have to be doing something. If your hands are like free, like, what are you doing? You're just hanging out. You you need to be doing something active. Um. So, you know, that's a point that, you know, I wish was taught more. Uh, and now even just having this discussion, I can't wait to get back. I'm not training tomorrow because work. They, they we're like, we have this weird meeting after work for two hours. I was like, huh, that's really weird. And yeah. I, I know they're going to find a way to kind of, hey, so we're not going to do overtime. Why don't you guys just take a two hour break tomorrow? Huh? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take a two hour break. I want my overtime. Um, so I can't train, but I go back in uh, for Nogi after that, which is perfect for, for this because now that's in my yeah. head. It's just like, all right, let me go ahead and get you know these types of grips and put in that work because, like I said, I'm falling in love with jiu-jitsu again, and I'm thinking about it all the time. And now this discussion here, after we're done, I'm just <laughs> got my, my notebook here. Got it from uh, Tony. Oh, you uh, got one? I've been meaning to get one. That's <laughs> Yeah, it, it well when she made the meme, I messaged her immediately. Yeah. Was like, hey, if you make that book, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, like, shout out to Jit Stitch for the absolute best jujitsu journal that you can buy. Hold it up again, like as uh, so I get the word. Yeah, well, that didn't work at Jujitsu Journal. It that's unbelievable. I hope she made like ten million dollars off that because that is yeah. the best. It, it's it's. I love whenever I see that she's like released something new. Cause it's like, it's, it's always something clever yeah. and, and, and serves a purpose, whether it be a shirt. Um, I, I'm a constant mug buyer. So there's always something on a mug that I'm like, I like it. I want it. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to drink wine out of it. Um, <laughs> but when I saw the book, I was like, dude, make that book and I will buy it. And she made it. And it, I've seen quite a few people buying them. Uh, myself included, I, I I bring it to the gym and people are like, dude, where'd you get that? I was like, hey, yeah, I'll send you the link. <laughs> like, get your own. It's um, absolutely incredible. Yeah, but I'll, I'll jot down just notes from our discussion now in that book. You know, the thing I have at my, you know, at my uh, advantage here is 
I have to go back and edit this. <laughs> so it's going to help me with a lot of my notes. Um, yeah. See, that's the power of video in journaling. Yeah. And that's it. What's weird is for this, I'm all on board, like going back, listening, fixing things, editing. But then when I go back and watch my videos of training. So on Sundays when I train um, with my friend, I record our, our roles. Yeah. And then I take notes and I send them back um, to both of them just so that way, you know, they, you know, trying to tell them things to kind of be aware of posture, um, you know, grips, um, addressing grips, stuff like that. Um, One of the, one of my teammates, he said um, early on when I was training, think of it like rock climbing. Your your hands should always be somewhere. Your feet should always, you should always be doing something. Um, if, you know, you've got a free hand, you just fell. So it's like, oh yeah. So I'm always aware of that. Like, okay, I should be, you know, holding the lapel, holding the back of the head, holding, you know, a tricep, something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to jot some of this info down because now it's in my head and I'm just like, dude, I can't wait to get back on the mat now. Like, I just realized I'm at 1% battery. So uh, is there a way that I can jump on my computer to keep doing this or do we need to wrap it up? Um, we can go ahead and uh, start wrapping up. We're at, we're at about a, I can't see the time, about an hour 45. So um, we can go ahead and uh, start clearing out here and uh, close hey, it out. Let's do this again soon. Like 100%. Absolutely. Like I could sit here and talk to you like all night long and Dude. I wish I had a better charge. Yeah, like absolutely. I I need to keep a note in my mind because I always talk to him like, dude, I want to get him back on and not just on like just in general for conversation. But then all this shit starts going on and it's like, okay, let me reschedule. So um, let's go ahead and get ready to close out of here. So um, uh, any uh shout outs, plugs you got for um upcoming. Yeah, uh, I just want to take a minute, one, to, to thank you um, for everything you've done in, in your various accounts. Um, I think you're a very important part of the community, and, and I appreciate the amount of work that you've done um, on all the different accounts and variations. Um, I want to take uh, a minute to also thank all of the other um, Jiu-Jitsu meme accounts. Um, when we all got together for you know the elite sports thing, uh, I, I just really felt like there was a good community there, and community is so important. So. Uh, Jits Bitch, Matador, uh, BJ for the Culture, who else? Uh, you, me, um, McDojo Live. Yeah. That's uh, a big horseplay. One. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the community aspect. I love that we all came together to, to stand up for something we believe in. Uh, and I do want to thank also 93 Brand um, for being a good part of that community. They've, uh, you know, sponsored me recently. They've been a great partner. They're, they're helping me with figuring out to fund the app um just I, I can't speak highly enough about them as a counterpoint to elite for for a company that is that cares about the culture and cares about the growth of the sport um absolutely and and thank you just all, also to to all the backers so far on, on kickstarter you know that's the other big piece of the puzzle is bringing this app to life is uh is keeping me focused on it and and keeping uh you know money in the bank to keep funding the the people so uh, huge thank you to all of them, um, and and once again thank you for for just being an awesome part of the community. Thank you, um, 
just it, it it always like it's weird to me just think like wow like i'm helping okay cool I'm, i never realized it i'm just like i i'm just a guy who reposts stuff and 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 it works so thank you um and and exact as always thank you for doing this um thank you for all the content that you put out there it's it's always been helpful to me and as I repost it and as I, you know, share from you, I see that people, you know, are gravitating towards it and, and really pulling um, resources from you. So we can't thank you enough. Um, you happy, know. <laughs> happy to help always. Um, you know, thank you to everybody out there who's been listening to the podcast. Uh, again, couldn't do this without you know, listeners, but I'm gonna be honest, even if I had one listener, I would still just get on here and talk. That's but what it's uh, about, man, just doing it because you love it. Like that's every yeah. day on the mats. So, and, and that's the crazy thing is that I do this because I enjoy this and people listen and they're gaining something from it too. So it's like th- th- there's a common interest and that's exciting for me. Um, you know, shout out to um, my guest today, Zach, for a uh, student of BJJ. Go out, check out um, his account on Instagram, check out the website, the um, secondary page now for the app. It's called uh, Champions Keep Score, yep. Champions underscore Keep underscore Score <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, on Instagram. So um, go check that out. I'm going to put the links in the show notes for everyone. Um, also... Uh, another shout out to uh, Jits Bitch. Uh, go check her out if you already aren't doing so. She has such a huge following. It's like I feel like when I say go check her out, it's like they're probably like, dummy. We're already doing it. Yeah, um, we're already there. Um, and um, make sure you're checking out and following BJJ Mama as well. Um, yeah. She has a lot of amazing content and just such a wonderful spirit about herself and just great energy. So, totally um, yeah, it's like it's it, it like anytime I talk to her, I feel like she's she, like i need her for pep talks yeah like when i when i'm having a down moment she she perks me right up so um check those those accounts out um otherwise thank you everyone um you can find me at bjj.wiki or off the mats podcast both on instagram um otherwise uh thank you you all keep listening i will continue to make these uh episodes thank you all yep Now let me see his soul.